we uh, continue today that what we started uh, last week um, series on ambition is that word good or bad and the connotations that that word brings up in our our minds and last week I proposed to you that As the more I uh, studied it, the more I gave myself to it, the more I felt like ambition really is a good thing. Uh, That uh, it's something that is within us, uh, created within us. And it is good because it's what leads us to be hungry and to find uh, our hunger satisfied in God and in God alone. And the What happens with ambition when it goes bad is when we hunger for anything else but the one who satisfies, who who fills that God-shaped vacuum uh, within us. I also remind you last week, just talked a little bit and talk a little more today about how God is ambitious. How how God is ambitious for us. Um, Ambitious for us and His unending affection. For us to send his one and only son. And how God even has ambitions for us. Creating each one of us in particular ways. With particular gifts. Particular abilities. To then live into those. And fulfill his purposes and his plans. But today. I want us to look at the passage in James. chapter, Starting with chapter 3 verse 12. It's found on page 982 of your uh, pew Bible, where we see how ambition can go bad. Uh, We see the examples of that ambition that uh, become focused on self instead of on Christ. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. And we ask now that your spirit would so uh, continue to open uh, the very eyes of our heart and our mind to to hear from you. We desire to be wise. We don't want to be fools. We don't want to be those that only hear your word. We want to be wise in hearing your word and then doing it and applying it in our lives. Lead us. In your wisdom, that obedient wisdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. James chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives? Or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, 
then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those words of the Lord that are straightforward and clear and penetrate deeply. James is like that, if you read his letters. But I think he gives a great picture here of ambition gone bad. Ambition that is turned in on itself. That is seeking its its own pleasure above all things. That then causes such disputes and divisions and troubles and destruction. You know, as I consider this passage and consider the whole notion of ambition, and actually just this whole, the, the, the men's group that we were a, a part of during the uh, foundational hour during the winter and spring also brought this to my attention. That when I first thought about the word ambition, why I had a negative connotation. And I just reflected on those, some of the formative years, the most formative years in terms of my, that I remember, especially in, in, into ministry and into, um, leadership in the, in the church. While I was in college, while I was, uh, in ministry with Young Life and in seminary, it was mostly during the 80s. And some of you may remember some of the, Events of the 80s that were a uh, real um, negative impact for the church. Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy and Tammy Faye Baker. Those were the the Christian leaders that were in the headlines and on the, the news all the time. And they turned out to be terrible or really good, depending on where you're coming from, examples of ambition gone bad. Jimmy, Jim Baker, if you remember, um, started the PTL club and, and his ambition was, was wondrous. His ambition was, we're going to take the, the uh, satellite TV, which in the 80s was just coming online for you know, use. Uh, and uh, we were, uh, um, we were going to use that to, to take the, the good news around the world 24 hours a day. And he also wanted to use the inter- whole entertainment culture. And he started that uh, um, amusement park in Fort Mill, South Carolina, called Heritage USA. And, and his ambition to, through that was to, to use these means that were becoming available, be cutting edge for the good news. 
Heritage um, USA was the third highest uh, attended amusement park in the United States at that time, only um, behind the two Disney parks. And then in the mid to late 80s, everything started to crumble and fall apart because the ambition had turned. And from accounting malfeasance over and over again to um, a sexual relationship with a secretary where money was paid to try to hush it, it all came crumbling down. You may remember as well... Uh, Ken Lay in Enron. Another example of ambition gone bad. You know, uh, uh, their ambition. You had a great vision and goal. We're going to be the greatest power company in the world. Then in the mid-90s, they, they moved it up a notch. We're going to be the greatest company in the world. Now, nothing wrong with the ambition. But the ambition went bad and sour and all kinds of uh, uh, accounting smoke and mirrors resulted in the company losing its value in the course of 18 months from 1990 to the mid-91. Lost their, their shares, went from $90 a share to $0.12 a share. $11 billion dollars. And when the company closed almost overnight, 4,000 workers were told, you got 30 minutes to clean out your stuff and you no longer have a job. $12 billion of people's retirements, not only of those company workers, but of other workers who had invested for their retirement. $12 billion was lost. Ambition gone bad that, that leaves destruction in its wake. Now, the thing is, neither of these people are the devil himself. These these men, they were seeking to to do what is good and right, but the ambition and the success that it can bring, the worldly ambition clouded, overtook them. The the one that is the, the most challenging to grasp is Bob Pierce, who is the founder of World Vision. Many of you know World Vision. A fantastic multi-million dollar ministry that circles the globe, gets into places where the the good news can't be heard in order to to share with those who are in need in the name of Jesus. But Bob's ambition overtook him at some point. He got caught up in that ambition. He was with his wife, Lorraine. You can read it. His, His daughter wrote a book. Man of vision, woman of prayer. That just tells the story of the struggle they had as a family. Bob and his wife Lorraine were in Europe and a daughter called, said, come home. There's been an emergency. And Bob said, no, I've got to go to Vietnam. Lorraine tried to bring him in, but Lorraine went home. Bob went to Vietnam. And the daughter, to find a daughter who had attempted suicide and said... After she woke up, well, I knew daddy wouldn't come. Again, a wondrous man used of God in great ways, but ambition got its hold on him. By God's grace, after 
the end of his life, leukemia. Bob contracted leukemia and uh, it slowed him down enough that he met with his wife and his children. And uh, in the grace of God, there was wondrous reconciliation there. But his story tells us of how, even just because you got a Bible in your hand, just because you're standing on the platform, just, just because Jesus is your Lord and Savior, doesn't mean that the ambition can't draw us away from the one who is our ambition. These are big wig examples. But we probably know in our own lives, in our own hearts, in our own minds, ways that we've been caught up in the ambition of the world or colleagues or friends that have done the same. Again, it's not that ambition is bad, it's that that ambition has been misplaced. For us, we recognize that our ambition is to seek God first and foremost. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus told us, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And James here, this passage filled with warnings that the worldly ambition is waiting and ready to infect us. Remember the story that Jesus told it's in Matthew 19 of the, the young man, the young rich man who came to Jesus. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? You know, what do I need to do to be sure I'm, I'm okay? Jesus told him, well, you know the commandments. Obey them. To which the young man said, okay, I've obeyed them. I've, I've done those. And then Jesus turned to him and said, okay, sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and come follow me. And the man couldn't at that moment. And one of those stories of Jesus, of it's... Insidious, the things that can take our attention away, that make Jesus second. Those idols that can become our ambitions can lead us away from Him. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, whether we are at home or away, make it our aim, make it our ambition to please him. And I propose to you that one of the ways, one of the characteristics that we pursue in order to pursue God, in order to, in a sense, sort of guard against the, the ambitions of the world, the selfish ambitions that can derail us, is that great word humility. It's just like Jesus. It's that upside-down kingdom, you know, that we pursue humility. That's our ambition. It just doesn't quite make sense. Those two words don't fit in the same sentence to have an ambition for humility. And yet that's what Jesus would say, wouldn't it? I mean, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Remember that other story that Jesus would tell 
about um, being invited to a party and, and where you would sit when you got to the party. And he, he remember he told his hearers, when you go when you go to a party, don't take a seat on the stage. Don't don't at the the head table. Don't don't sit up there. Take take a seat the the cheap seats. Take take a seat in the the humble seats. Because if you're sitting at the head table, the host might come up and say, uh, what are you doing here? You need to go sit down there. Or, but if you're sitting out there, the host might come and say, hey, what are you doing down here? Come on up here. To have an ambition for humility. A way to protect us from the selfish ambition that can so easily distract us and derail us. During the course of this week, it's worth your reflection, just in your own life, in the life of things around you, continue to consider your ambitions. Continue to consider and reflect on and identify what, what is it that moves you? And are those ambitions under your highest ambition to please God? Are those ambitions characterized by humility or a desire for personal success and recognition? Engage with what really does drive you. Ask for God's leading. Ask God to to show that uh, to you. And if out of whack with biblical priorities, then confess it. Let His Spirit, His rushing wind come and cleanse you and lead us. Let His Spirit filter those ambitions to, to see the ones that maybe distract us from God versus the one that leads us to Him. As we come to the communion table, as we have time of reflecting here, continue to reflect on your own personal ambitions before God. Lay those before Him. But when we come to communion, turn turn your attention to the ambitions of Jesus. Meditate during the time of communion on the ambition of Jesus. His ambition to do the Father's will. Not my will, but your will be done. Meditate on on His ambition to give His body and blood for our rescue and salvation. He, He who did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied Himself on our behalf, humbled Himself, on our behalf. Consider as, as you take the bread and the cup. The ambitions of Jesus for you. And for me. And for us. Consider those ambitions. And marvel. Receive. Rejoice. That he has such a pure and holy ambition. For each one of us. And continue to release our ambitions unto Him 
so that ours too might be moving in his direction that our ambitions would too be just as holy and pure. Amen.